Something Something Dragons, Episode 7, The Restlands. And welcome to the Something Something Dragons podcast, a part of the Untold Stories Project. I am your host and game master, Aaron. With me today are our four players, who we'll introduce in a moment. This is our live play of the Carrion Crown Adventure Path for the first edition of Pathfinder from Paizo Publishing. This group of characters is actually coming into the Adventure Path at second level, having previously completed a series of quests for Professor Petros Loramore. If you've been with us since the beginning, we're glad to have you. If you're jumping in with this episode, welcome. Now, you might be asking how this show fits into the mission of the Untold Stories Project, since fantasy role-playing games are probably the most told stories in gaming. In our case, what is untold is who will be telling the stories, because our players are all teenage girls who are entering their last year of middle school. Say hello, heroes. Hi. Hey. Oh. Hello. Because of privacy concerns, we're going to be refraining from using our players' real names on this podcast. And when we're not referring to them by character names, we'll simply be using the nicknames Red, Blue, Green, and Yellow. Coincidentally, those nicknames match the color of their tokens in Roll20, which is how we are playing our game. Two final messages before we get started. First, Carrion Crown is a horror adventure path. And while our heroes are able to stand up to the things that go bump in the night, this adventure does contain several disturbing themes, including torture, unjust imprisonment, death and undeath, and the supernatural. If those topics are disturbing to you, you might be happier taking in one of the other shows put forward by the Untold Stories Project. Additionally, the world of Galarian is one where people come in all shapes, sizes, sexual identities, and colors, and that is a message we should all be able to get behind. At the Untold Stories Project, we believe that Black Lives Matter and we stand against oppression and inequality of all types. It has been a year since our heroes were all last together. Having completed a series of missions together, they went, mostly, their separate ways. However, within the past week, each of you have received letters from Kendra Loramore, the daughter of your former patron, informing you that he has died unexpectedly. They have asked that you come to the town of Ravengrove for his funeral and the reading of his will on the 18th of Calistral, which is a star day. For our audiences and our players who don't necessarily know how dates in Galarian can correspond to Earth, Calistral corresponds to the month of February. Star day would correspond to Saturday. So we open on a small gathering outside of a graveyard in the town of Ravengrove. When we look down we see gathered at a gate to the funeral or to the graveyard a group of three adult men a 13 year old boy two women and a coffin into this gathering coming up slowly there is a small fey creature blue would you describe this fey creature who comes up to this gathering all right you see a small fey walking up for once, not pink outfit, and instead a black outfit. Very simple black dress. She's about three feet, two inches tall. Has wings that look kind of like leaves, maybe? Also, is not flying. 
She's not flying. She's walking. Ooh. She has pink, very light pink eyes with no pupils, and a bit darker pink hair that's kind of long and a little bit messy. All right. So as you come forward, you can see, like I said, there's three adult men, a middle-aged woman who's very attractive, and a somewhat younger woman who is also fairly attractive. As you start coming forward, that younger woman walks towards you and says, I, I gather from your description that you are uh, Talia. My father mentioned you to me. I'm Kendra. Nice to meet you. I will go ahead and show my players what Kendra looks like now. Although, obviously, she is wearing black and does not have the book in her hands. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yes. She's pretty. She's pretty, but she she looks scary. Not that scary. So, yes. So she she walks forward and, you know, like I said, she 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 says, you know, I, I take it you're you're Talia, my father mentioned you. She gestures behind her and says, you know, with me are uh Councilman Vashane Hartsmuth, Councilman Garen Mirakar. Uh, that's the tavern keeper, Zokar, and his son, Pevrin. And then the woman is uh, Jominda. I wish I could have gotten to meet all of you under more pleasant terms. Yes. Um, is giving a small smile, but no, she's sad. Yeah. Let me go ahead and show you guys as well. This is Jominda. I never remember you pronounce any of their names. Hmm. Right? This is Councilman Vashane Hearthmount. And this is the tavern keeper. I, that hurts. Looks like if Mario really let himself go. Yeah, a little bit. The sun. I want to see the sun. That's a friendly face, though. Say, and all of them will be put into your uh, into your journals eventually. Okay. Nice. Kendra looks at you and says, um, so uh, do you know if, if uh, your other companions who my father mentioned are coming? I don't even know what happened to our other companions since I've last seen the professor. Ah. Is this our cue to make a dramatic entrance? Uh, this is the cue for Illyris and Azatha to make their dramatic entrance because they've been traveling together. Yay. Okay. Oh, so, also coming up onto this hill we now see two other figures. Why don't you guys describe them? Uh, Red, can you go first? Alright. You see a human-looking creature currently with a tan complexion, um, spiky, short green hair with a brownish orangish fedora pulled over her eyes. Um, and instead of, like, her usual, usual um, traveler clothes, she is draped in a long black cloak for the occasion. Okay. And her companion. I I can I can try. I'm still pretty bad at describing things, and I'm oh. very sorry. Got this. You don't need to apologize. Just do your best. Let's say she's a. I I don't know where to start, really. Um, height, hair color. Yeah, uh, she's about moderate height. I suppose, slightly shorter than uh, Zatha, I would say. 
Um, or, uh, red, but you, you know that. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really messing up here. Relax. It's all good. <laughs> I got lost again. I'm... So she is about a little over five feet. She has reddish hair and amber eyes. Is she currently appearing fully human, or is she letting her kitsune nature be visible? Uh, she has the ears. Okay. So she has fox ears um, yes. and a rather fancy-looking cloak. Yes. Okay. So Kendra sees the two of you as you guys make your way up the hill and looks for a moment and says, that must be Illyris, I believe, and Azatha. Yes, that is us. Ah. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for coming. I believe we're only waiting on one additional uh, person, and then we can go ahead and begin the procession. I don't even know if he's going to come. So, Eklund, despite the fact that you probably live closer to Ravengrow than any of them, you were the last person able to get your letter because it was hard for someone to find you in the woods to deliver the letter to you. And describe him? Yep, go ahead. So, hurrying up slightly late, we see one final figure approaching. An Oread crests the hill, though it doesn't... He can move... Per, he, I mean, even though his speed is lower than the others, he can actually move at a decent pace through mm -hmm. the wood. He's late, but you can tell he's probably late for another reason, because he has a brand new still-bleeding wound down the side of his neck, and um, though he's again wearing... He's wearing the, the hooded cloak Talia gave him, and the robe of many things, robe of useful items or whatever, over okay. it. Uh, he also and his uh, he, sunglasses. He well, sort of. They're just glasses. He left in a fire so that the lens is tinted. So they're too. They're but they're like oversized to hide his entire eye. Uh, he also has a slight jut to his jaw, as if it got broken but healed wrong in the year they've been gone. And um. Though you can't see much of his skin because he, of the, like he's wearing like four layers of clothing, um, just uh, any inch you can see usually has at least one mark on it. He has been through a lot. You notice he's um, as he comes up to the group, he seems quite surprised to see them all there. But when he spots Talia, he gives an odd little start and his, nearly knocks his glasses off his face. <laughs> he heard what a very disappointed sigh. I just seeing him beat up and everything. As she kind of walks over and just kind of goes, and even after a year, you're still reckless, all right. And kind of a heel check to close the wound. Sure. Just doing a heel check. Okay. 17. So with the 17, you can tell that, you know, the wound is healed in terms of, like, having any hit point damage or anything. It's just that or he hasn't done a particularly good job of, like, closing it and binding the wound. I can see. And I'm gonna just take a spare cloth I probably have and wrap it around it. Okay. And make it tight. Uh, I still even see you, though. How much she notices the entire time that he's just kind of trembling. Oh. Alright, I have moved you guys to the map. Uh, if you go down to the bottom left corner, you should see yourselves, as well as the other people there for the procession. This place is huge. Yes, this is a very large figure. Uh, Kendra looks at you and says, we do need to choose the pallbearers 
uh, for the to, to take my father to his rest by our local custom. Father Grimbro and the gravediggers are already waiting at the gravesite. Part of our tradition is that they do not accompany the pallbearers from the gate to the grave. We wanted to offer positions as pallbearers to uh, you because my father mentioned you so fondly to me. What's up? Tolly would know this. I don't. What's a pallbearer? Uh, the pallbearers are the people who carry the coffin to the gravesite. Can't. This coffin's like two times their size. Uh, that's true, but six people can be pallbearers, so. Right. I'm actually decently strong. I have a twelve. I have people helping. I was gonna say you're stronger than an average human, so. <laughs> I'll offer to help. Declan's got seventeen. He could probably carry this thing on his you own. Could, although that wouldn't be terribly respectful. I could do it. I wouldn't want to either. I'll help. Alright, so any of you who wish to be pallbearers, go ahead and position yourselves around the coffin. I'm gonna try to be like the woman in the front. That's rude. Uh, so Zokar, the tavern keeper, will also assist you, as will Jaminda. Right. And then the council, the two council people and Kendra and Zokar's son, Pevrin, will walk behind you. So you begin walking your way through the graveyard. You guys do notice that Talia has started crying a little. Oh. Look, this is her, this is her professor, bro. This is my team. All right, so you guys walk in through the gates. You come to a place where the path through the graveyard splits in three. One goes to the north, one continues to the northeast, and one goes off a little bit to the south. Kendra directs you to continue taking the path to the north. We'll do that. All right. Not like we were going to do anything else, though. We're not jerks. If she tells us this is where my father's being buried, we go that way. Right. So you start, you continue on, and... If you guys zoom out on the map, you might notice something as you make the corner around as the path winds up to the north. People. One, two, okay, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, wait. Four by, that's twelve. Thirteen. Thirteen counting the uh, face. Thirteen counting the face. One. Yep. I don't like him already. As you guys get closer... You see them, and that man steps forward. Uh, that man looks old, well, older, but he looks wiry. He looks like he has some muscle. And behind him are a group of, I mean, they're clearly locals. They're clearly farmers and peasants and merchants. Um, and they all look decidedly unhappy. You see that they are holding torches and... Uh, farming implements and tools. Forks and torches. Uh-huh. And as you get closer, he steps forward and he says, all right, that's that's far enough. We've been talking. We don't want Lorimore buried in the Restlands. What? You can take him upriver, bury him there if you want, but he ain't going in the ground here. Why not? Why not? 
Eklund just he pulls back his hood, pulls off his sunglasses so his like solid gemstone eyes show, and also the characters will notice that one of them is sunk back a half inch in his head further than it was last time they met. Clint? He just rolls up the sleeves of his robe to reveal like he's pretty beefed up, Clint? and he just crosses his arms and glares at the guy, manifesting his claws I'm as he does. I'm going to point so. out before you do any of that, you're still holding the coffin. And yes. also, Talia has lost okay. the body. He could, he, could, he, could, he could lift it with... Let's forget about the crossed arms, but he does pull back his hood and take off his sunglasses. Okay. He can do that with one Absolutely. Hand. Excuse me. Yes. Can I throw dirt at him? Again, you're holding a coffin. Fine. I, I can do that with one hand. Well, yes, but... Eklin, we're not going to start with hostilities. All right, but so, Talia, you, you asked a question. You said, why not? And Kendra steps forward at the same time, going, what are you talking about? I arranged all of this with Father Grimbro. He's waiting for us. The grave has already been dug. You don't get it, woman. We will not have a necromancer buried in the same place as our kin. I suggest you move out while you still can. Folks are pretty upset about this right now. What? Wait, what? Necromancy? <laughs> Eklund almost drops the coffin. Are you really that ignorant? And at that point, the thugs step forward. And for the first time in this adventure path, for initiative. I'm going to need the party to roll for initiative. Oh no. Oh no. Let me hold on, let me add you all to the tracker. Wait, Lorimore was a necromancer? He was not. Not that you knew of. I'm so good. no, but but what? No, he wasn't- okay. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. As far as you knew, that he was not. Here's the bigger thing. I was a student. There's no way he was a necromancer. Probably asked him a few questions about necromancy, which he probably did, like, the, uh, that's awful, don't do it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely something to be like, wait a second. Well, apparently I was really startled by the fact that uh, they claim he's a necromancer, because I got an eight, rolling a four. And I'm ready to fight them. <laughs> Okay, um, do we have to fight them, or can we settle this in a more civilized manner? How fast I can act. We'll see. That's going to partially depend on initiative rolls, I think. I love that they're just called Raven Grow Tough. Well, they, they, they're not important enough to all get names. Hmm. And let me bring up Kendra's character sheet. Oh, she gets to be in the order, huh? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Kendra is, uh... Kind of She's an interesting little character. You might find out more about her as time goes on. I'm gonna walk up and go beat his... Brawl him into the ground. <laughs> oh, we can't bury him on this ground? Fine, I'll put you in the ground. Oh, no! Uh, Alright, so, uh, at the top of the round, it is Alirus. Again, I will point out, you are holding a coffin with one hand. And we put it down? Uh, absolutely, you can set it down as, as an action. Ow. <laughs> and that's an after afterthought. Of course you can set it down as an action. <laughs> the fine print. Oh, okay, I guess you could drop yes. it. That's me. You can set it down, however, it is something that all of you kind of have to do at the same time, or there's a chance of it basically just getting dropped. So, if you wish, you can 
delay your action until everyone else is all of the other pallbearers are able to also lower it to the ground. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Eklund? Okay, um, so, and we all have to lower it separately? So you either need to all wait and lower it together, which means you'll have to go off the slowest initiative of anyone who's holding it, or you can just let go and uh, see if the rest of them can hold it without you. Eklund's gonna shout, uh, he is gonna lower it, but can you talk and take an action in the same turn? Yeah, Talking's free. talking is free. He says, let's put this down and talk about this, because as far as I know, Lorimore, as far, as far as I know, Lorimore was just a professor. I have, um, and I would like to know more about what you're talking about before we engage in combat. Can I make an intimidation check? It sounds like what you're trying to do is more diplomacy than intimidation. Yeah. I, I imagine the whole time he's glaring at them um, with his claws out. Like, he's like, I can't I can't get the voice right because I'm not a, uh, I'm, I'm not like, I mean, I guess I am taller than him, but I'm not like, like, I imagine him sounding like he should be six foot five. Okay. So, and I also, I imagine he's like, like, let's stop and talk about this. The undertone being, or I'll rip your throats out one by one and laugh. All right. I will let, I will let you do a diploma or an intimidate check instead of diplomacy. It is going to be a higher difficulty than a diplomacy check would have been, but I will let you. Okay, because I don't have diplomacy. Why does this have to be so violent? 16. Alright, so you glare at them. You're not sure if they're going to listen or not. Kendra is next, and she says, My father was not a necromancer. He was trying to save all of you ignorant savages from yourselves. Kendra? Yes? Maybe we don't have to fight. She's bristling. Wait a minute, let me try something. And anyone who has spellcraft, go ahead and give me a spellcraft check. You have to have that. Yes, to you use have to it. be trained in it to use it. Got a 16. I really hope she doesn't. a 6, because I rolled a natural 1. Azatha, you can see her kind of whispering to herself words that you recognize as that she is basically preparing a spell like she isn't casting it right now but kind of doing that making sure i remember what the words are of the spell and that she is preparing to cast acid splash oh oh all right am i able to talk to her i mean it's a cantrip but it would start a fight um am i able to talk to her even though it's not my turn uh, well, your turn is next, because she is holding her action for now. Like I said, you you notice that she's getting ready to cast something, but... Noticing that she's getting ready, I um, kind of look at her and I say, only resort to violence as if that's the last option. Let's not fight. Let's try not to fight. And I will also not do anything to put, well, to put down the coffin. All right, so you're going to wait so that everyone lowers the coffin? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, my, t- my, my tufts are going to... One, two, three, four, five, six. Don't fight. Oh, my God. Please don't fight. One, two, three. We all just skipped our actions. It's not fair to throw all these at us. 
you'll notice none of them are actually closed with you yet. These are all human commoners? They seem to be. Okay. So, they don't attack you, but you can see that they are moving to very thoroughly block the road forward. And they look like they might be readying to swing if you get any closer. Talia. Seem to be the one. You are the last of the PCs, so if you want to lower the coffin, at this point, all of you can take your readied action and lower the coffin. It's a standard move? It is a standard action to lower the coffin to the ground. Right, so I will lower it, and I would like to try to negotiate real quick. All right, what do you want to say? All right, so quick thing. Commerce. Yeah. gold is a lot, right? Yes. There are 13 of them? Yeah. All right, 13 times 15, using a calculator here, is 195. Yes. We have that gold. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, I don't think we need to fight. Here, I could give each of you 15 gold. Can you just let us pass? Go ahead and roll diplomacy for me. And I'm going to give you a plus five bonus for a rather hefty bribe. Although it's less of a bonus than you might have expected because they're also a little offended at the idea of being paid off. So go ahead and roll diplomacy, Talia. Crit. Crit. This is an important roll. I do not have the ability to fail. Well, you do, but... I mean, I don't. Crit. Crit. Uh, Please don't fail me. Uh... Oh, Desna, protect me. Ow. Alright. Uh, I rolled a one. Here's a question, though. Uh-huh. Some of my friends have... have, uh, cards of... Mm. I don't think any of our cards, uh... Mine is a key one, I think, and I don't think that'll help you. I think Alir's is one. Theater? I like this card, though. I don't really want to use it. It's cool. I hate that. That's not fair. That was two ones in a row. You rolled a natural one. Ah. God, and Talia's crying already. It's, a 10. it's okay. It it can work as part of the story because you offer them the money, and you can see that several of the the guys are 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 lo- looking like they're considering it. Like, I mean, fifteen gold—that's a lot. And then Gibbs steps forward, the the their ringleader, and he says, "Look, creature, if money was going to be enough." We would have let Lorimore get up to whatever horrible things he wanted to do. Money can't buy souls. We ain't interested in your money. I don't want to hurt any of you. Fine. The minute he calls Talia a creature, Eklund friggin' lurches forward. <laughs> okay. Long out. Well, before that, she will respond. <sighs> Fine. Each one of you who doesn't fight us gets... Enough, I can afford. I could do 20. Gets an extra five gold on top of that. Basically trying to sway people away from him. Alright. Um. You're no long term. This is the top of the second round. Alyris, you have set down the coffin. Uh, there are six rough looking folks who are near you. Um, another six who are further back. And then 
the their ringleader, the, the the old man Gibbs, is also hanging back. Do any of them look like they don't want to fight for my offer of twenty gold? The ones who are standing back by Gibbs all definitely are kind of doing the. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get involved in this. And money, you know. Yeah, but right. the ones who are the ones who have closed in on you look like they still look determined, and Gibbs still looks very determined. I'll kind of do like the quiet. Go for the ones in the front, not the back. All right, Alaris, what would you like to do? I would like to throw dirt. Okay, at who? At the at at the people that are in. You can throw dirt at a person. I want to throw it at one of the tough people or whatever. Okay. Call okay. Them. Why don't you uh, ping on the map which one you're throwing the dirt at? Should I move closer? Probably. Okay. And I need you to give me a CMB check against against his CMD to see if you are able to get the dirt in his eyes. What does that stand for? Combat maneuver bonus. Okay. I rolled a four. Ah. So you throw dirt at him, but it is, it does not able, you're not able to get the dirt in his eyes. So it hits him, but it doesn't hit him in his eyes. So he can still see and and act as normal. He's dirty now. He is dirty. (laughs) I always looks confused. Like what? Uh, As you step forward though, his ready to action is going to happen. And he is going to swing a rake at you. Okay, it's real now. I'm gonna attack them. <laughs> oh, it's just a rake, okay? It's not very threatening. He swings his rake, and I got a total of a 10, which I do not believe will hit your armor class. It won't. Okay, so he swings the rake at you, but Alyris is able uh, to rake. easily sidestep it. Uh, Eklund, Alyris threw dirt at someone, and they swung a rake at her. What would you like to do? Question one, how big are these squares? Five foot squares. Okay, so I can move four. Yep. Question two, is it possible to take an action to shove someone out of the way? And question two A, can I do that while double moving? Yes and no. But if you are trying to move through an ally's square, you can move through their square without shoving them out of the way. Oh, I, I, I want to run head first through. Like, I'm trying to get to the old guy with the face. Remember his name, but he's got a face on his token. Right. And uh, but I, I want to to sort of show of force. I want to run straight through the other guys. Just like, bam! Like I don't I don't want to hurt them. Gotcha. I still might have them on their side, but I want to like shove them out of the way sideways. So what you could do, you could just double move. There is a diagonal path through them. You'll. You know, they're ready, the attacks are going to go off, but you could get just move through them to double move and get up to the other guy to get, to get, to get up to Gibbs. You could also do a bull rush maneuver to actually barrel over one of the guys on, in your path, but that would be a attack, so you would only be able to move up to the one guy and then shove him. Okay, I'm going to try to double move through them. They're commoners, and I can just kill them later if I have to. Oh, no. How can I do... How can I do... that? I can move... Um, Do you do... Is it four times your speed on a double move? That's uh, twice your speed on a double move. It's... If you are able to run, which is a straight line with nothing in your way, then you can move four times your speed, but you don't really have a straight line with no one in your way. But you can... 
I think a double move should let you get to Gibbs. You're just going to get swung at by everyone you passed. Yeah. I think I can get to here. All right. So Eklund moves forward to close in with Gibbs. Like I said, from the way I was looking at it, you could be right here so that you're actually adjacent to him if you want. Sure. Yep. Um, okay. But the two guys who you basically push through the middle of, both of them are going to swing at you. One of them stabs at you with a pitchfork. The other one swings what looks like just like a big hammer of some sort at you. (laughs) The spring-loaded hammer from Zelda. I'm just imagining him coming after me with like an inflatable hammer. (laughs) All right. First, we'll deal with the pitchfork. And he gets an 11, which will not hit you. Oh. And then the other guy swings with his hammer and he gets a four so he definitely doesn't hit you <laughs> I, mu- I mutter something um, ba- basic- vaguely along the lines of a Monty Python insult at both of them in Terran while I'm Monty Python insults are powerful you want to use Shakespearean they don't understand you although Kendra kind of chuckles as you say it I'm trying to go the route of, like, the your mother was a hamster line. Right. But yeah, so like I said, they they obviously have no idea what you're saying, but like I said, Kendra kind of chuckles as you make that comment. Star the professor. I assume she'd be smart. Yeah, so Kendra is going to five-foot step back, and she is going to cast Acid Splash on the guy who Alira's threw dirt at. Mm-hmm. Instead of tough guy, it's just guy that Alirus threw dirt at. Nice. Yep. A 10 is enough to hit him. He's a commoner. So she uh, splashes acid on him, and he starts screaming as it you know, falls on him and starts to burn. And Holy crap. Don't insult my father, you son of and a gun. That is exactly <laughs> what she says. She says, my father was a great man and does not deserve to be demeaned by the likes of you. Preach, queen! <laughs> uh, Azatha, you are up next. Alright. Um, hmm. Still don't really want to attack, but at this point, I think we're fighting, so... Do you think? Uh, would I... Yeah. Would I be able to take out my switchblade and attack in one turn? Well, uh, you now have, uh, since you are a second level character, I believe you now have, have a base attack bonus of plus one, which does allow you to draw a weapon as you are moving. So you could uh, draw your switchblade as you closed with one of them and then still swing it at them. Yep, that sounds good. I will do that. Okay. Um, yeah, I will go past Talia here and go up right there. And at the NPC directly in front of me, I will stab them with my switchblade. Okay. A seven hit? Would, would be max damage if it weren't a seven. Yes, unfortunately a seven will not hit. Ah. They're, they're commoners, but they still have a basic difficulty. Yeah. Alright, so Azatha moves forward and stabs at the dude with her switchblade. You know, because that's fun. (laughs) First, one of my toughs, the one who has acid splashed on him, is going to have to make a will save. 
he gets a 13 on his will save, so even though he got splashed with acid, he still wants to continue with the fight. He is not as worried about the woman who threw dirt at him as he is about this witch who just splashed him with acid. So he is going to five foot step forward. Oh, really? Wow, that's, that's crazy. And he is not going to try to be doing non-lethal. He's going to actually switch to doing lethal. Oh, no. Damage. Um, as he swings his rake at Kendra. What? Our, our first combat, and it's a mob battle. He gets an 11. Dice which bitch. Kendra, unfortunately, has an armor class of 10 because she doesn't have any defensive spells or and isn't wearing armor. So he hits Kendra for a massive amount of damage with his rake. Uh, she looks hurt. Lord. This guy is going to five foot step forward towards Azatha and swing at her with a hoe. Oh no. Which is totally not a uh, not him calling her a name. And he gets a 16, which I think will hit you. Ooh, that will hit me. My armor class is 13. Okay, so uh, he hits you for six non-lethal. So don't reduce your hit points, but uh, next to your hit points, you should see something that says non-lethal damage on your character sheet. Yes. All right, so you just need to keep track of your non-lethal. And if your non-lethal damage ever equals your current hit, hit point total, then you are knocked unconscious. All right. The good news is you won't ever die from non-lethal, but you get knocked out. Uh, this guy is going to step towards Eklund, who's threatening his boss, and swings a sickle at you. And with a five, that is not going to come anywhere near Eklund. Um, this guy is going to do the same. And a nine still isn't getting there. These guys are not rolling great. Oh, we're proud of them. What we're happy with that. This one will five foot step four, five foot step towards the little fae and poke at you. With what? I haven't decided yet. Another farm tool. Apparently he really wants that money, though. Yeah, but uh, sure, a shovel works. Um, with a five, he will not hit. And the last one who has noticed that this woman who is totally not a snake lady, <laughs> but she's pulled a knife, so he is going to step forward and swing his torch. Freaking that's me. Not set my hat on fire. Uh, but a two is definitely not going to hit you. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Talia, you are up. So there are four guys all engaged in combat. Two further back, threatening Eklin. And like I said, six guys who are just kind of hanging back there going, eh, not so sure about this. She just kind of lets out a sigh. Of just pure and utter disappointment. Okay. I was hoping you guys would be better than that. Pulling the completely disappointed mother there. Okay. Five foot step. Ish. Uh huh. And what are you doing? I'm gonna try to heal her. You're gonna try to heal. Uh, to Kendra. Kendra, uh, you do realize that you are close enough to uh, the one NPC, the, the one tough, that you will provoke an attack of opportunity if you do that. 
I don't have any other option. It's either provoke one from trying to heal her, or provoke two for trying to move away. Fair enough. Um, Alright, so he will take the attack of opportunity as you try to cast your spell. Mm -hmm. uh, but he will miss you. Hey, we're going to cue out wounds on her. Okay, she will not resist, so... Please don't. I'm trying to see if you don't resist. So you'll automatically hit her. Uh, that is six points of healing. Uh, yes, six points of healing. So that will heal all of the damage she took. Hey. And she looks at you with gratitude in her eyes. All right. Say so the these guys all kind of step back a little bit. Like we don't want to be a part of this fight. You know, Lorimore was our friend, but at the same time, we don't want to get into a fight with people. She responds to me asking if she's okay. She nods. Great. Beat them into the ground. Gibbs <laughs> is going to just step back. Howard. Alec was really going to try to kill him. <laughs> Alyris. Um, can I throw dirt again? You can, sure. Okay, I will throw dirt again then. Okay, so Sambi. Yep. Fifteen. Uh, 15 is enough that you are able to overcome his CMD and you uh, throw dirt in his eyes and he is blinded. <laughs> not permanently though, right? No, not permanently. Good. Uh, do you wish to take a move action? Um, me? Or? Yeah. Yeah, can I just yeah, Alaris. step around this guy? You can, and because he's blinded, he can't take an attack of opportunity against you because he doesn't see you. Sounds good. So, do you just want to take a five-foot step there, or do you want to move further? Further. Okay. So, you could always move so that you're flanking the one guy with Eklund. Ooh, yeah. I, I could do that. Like this? Illyris throws dirt in his eyes, and then moves into step by her former traveling companion, Eklund. Unfortunately, Eklund's actually not going to stay there. He's going to diagonal step this way and try to shred Gibbs' throat with his claws. Oh, jeez. No one insults Talia and lives to tell about it. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to be so disappointed in you. What? Uh, go ahead and roll. Maybe, maybe not shred him, but he's going to try to hit him at least. No, that's fine. Um... 19 for the one hand and 13 for the off hand. 5 and 7 for damage. Those are both enough to hit him. So, yeah. Uh, so that's a total of 12 points of damage. You rake into him, and it looks like it definitely... Like, you cut him, but he moves like he is someone who, you know... Maybe he's been retired for a while, but you get the sense that this is someone who has seen combat and is capable and can take a hit. Uh, so you cut into him, but he's standing and just says, I knew Lorimore would consort with monsters like you. Racist! You're not helping yourself. Uh, coughs loudly and sounds like he's about to throw up, then spits a rock in his face. <laughs> okay. it, it wouldn't be big enough to do damage but he I, I, I imagine that he doesn't have many liquids in his body so instead sure. of spitting he would like spit a rock at him 
Same reason he sneezes dirt and um instead of and he like cries like inexpensive gemstones. I mean, you are still partially human. You're not a full elemental. <laughs> That's why he can be stabbed though. His Fair skin enough. isn't made of rock. He just doesn't have many liquids in there. All right. That's Eklund's turn. Kendra is still wanting terrible things to happen to people. She's going to five foot step back again, and she is going to cast Acid Splash again. She doesn't have a lot of offensive spells prepared, but she's got that one. God, he's all my healing. She, she'll Acid Splash. So that is a uh, 18. Um, so three points of acid damage on this guy Oof. who is already blinded um, <sighs> and has already been acid splashed once. Um, he falls to the ground screaming as he passes out. Oh. Oh. Uh, he is unconscious and dying. Oh. Uh, Azafa? I will attempt to swing my uh, uh, switchblade at the guy again. Okay. And 20. A 20 will most certainly hit him. Not a natural 20, but a, a 20 will most certainly hit the unarmored guy. <laughs> yeah. For how much damage? Four. All right. For four points of slashing or piercing damage... You stab this dude, and he screams as he starts bleeding like a stuck pig. Oh. He's not unconscious yet, but he is barely staying on his feet. Uh, but he dies. Starting with my first raven, my first tough, uh, the unconscious, dying, and acid-burned one will attempt to stabilize. Uh. And he will manage to stabilize. Oh, lovely, yeah. Oh, good. The guy who just got stabbed by Azatha is going to try to run away, and he is going to go full defensive, so he <laughs> will not provoke. God, there's nowhere good to run. guess he's just going to go there. Um, kind of in the middle of the crowd. One of the two toughs who Eklund moved away from is going to five-foot step back towards Eklund and swing out at you. Ha-ha! With a six, he is not going to come anywhere near you. Uh, the other guy who sees Alyris coming up on him also realizes that there's an opportunity to flank Eklund, so he's going to five-foot step and Cheer. swing. Uh, so we will add two to this roll because he has flanking. I have been flanked. Uh, that is a ten, which still is not going to do it. These guys are, like... <laughs> They're first-level commoners. Yeah. This guy will five foot step there and swing his torch at Azatha. That's a one. That won't do it. It's not even a natural one. No. And the last guy, yeah, he also wants to take out Azatha because she just stabbed his buddy. Oh, no. And that's a two. So they're not having a great day. Uh, Talia, you're up. I'm thrilled that uh, they didn't think of the take out the healer tactic. Uh, they're not fighters. They're not warriors. Yeah. So, no one's injured, really? I mean, there's the guy who's on the ground who's unconscious and burned with, by acid. He's stable, though, right? Yeah, I mean, you think so. 
I'm gonna have to hope. Alright, double moving will be 80 feet to fly. So you're flying? Yeah, um, how hard can I fly above that dude? Uh, what's his face? Gibbs, you can get, without having to make a fly check, you could be 30 feet in the air above him. We're gonna do that. Okay, you will, however, provoke from the guy who you're currently standing next to. Fine. So he'll swing at you as you fly off. <laughs> do I get, like, plus two to my next oh, no. armor class check? You do not. But, yeah, he... You know what? I'm gonna say that he... he as you're flying after, uh, flying away, he throws his torch at you and misses. That was a poor choice. Yeah, no, it money was. for being an idiot and retreating, by the way. He still attacked us. No money. I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining Polya spinning around in the air and just blowing a little fey raspberry. Like she... <laughs> so that was a double move on your part, right? Uh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm basically up here because I'm pretty sure Eklund's gonna try to murder this dude and I need to be nearby to stabilize. Okay. Um, so Gibbs... Wait, can I mention one more thing real quick? Sure. Uh, when Talia comes over, Eklund looks up at her and he just has this weird look on his face. It's like this mixture of absolute hope and happiness crossed with, oh, she might be mad I just tried to tear this guy's throat out. No murder! He's, he's deep in it. Wow. Oh no. So, this guy kind of gets a grin as he looks at the monster in front of him, pulls back, and swings with just a fist. Oh, <laughs> punching Eklund in the face is never a good idea. He gets a 15 to hit. Will that hit you? Uh, well, I have a 16. All right, so he hits you, and it just deflects off, but you can tell there's... He punched you like someone who knows what they're doing. And he just kind of chuckles. See, I knew your time was nothing more than monsters. We really don't like you talking. Can you please just shut it? At the end of the round, these guys all are pulling back like, look, we really don't want any part of this. If you don't have anything to say, just don't talk. And off to the east, you hear a voice saying, What's the meaning of all this, then? They it started a fight. Some of you may be able to see, I know, I think Talia at least has the light, line of sight to see, that there is a man, an older man, wearing black robes, uh, being flanked by two burly guys wearing laborers' clothes, carrying shovels, walking towards you somewhat slowly. I'm going to kind of respond with like a, these idiots tried to start a fight that they can't win. Illyris. Hmm? Oh, oh, it's my turn. It is. Well, I think I'll try to get closer to that old dude that Talia and Eklund are close to. Okay. You can definitely close with him in one move action. Uh, the question is, do you want to make an acrobatics roll to not provoke an attack of opportunity from the one guy you'll have to pass? Or are you just going to let him swing at you and probably miss? I'll roll acrobatics. Okay. It says 15. So you are able to move past him without provoking an attack of opportunity. Uh-huh. Nice. And what do you want to do? Um, can I bite him? You can, although you would have had to change shape while you were in order to actually bite him, because 
in your with a human mouth, a bite attack does not do any damage. Can I change? I'll give him ammo to call you monsters. Yes, I will let you do that. Yes, I'll do that, and then I will bite him. Okay. Are you changing to full fox or just uh, your your hybrid form? Full fox. Uh, I will tell you, you're you actually do more damage biting in your hybrid form because your f- full fox form is a small fox. Hmm. I guess I'll go hybrid then. Okay. So you can move and bite. He just gave him ammo. A twenty-two. Yes. Uh, 22 will most certainly hit Gibbs, and you can bite into him for how much damage? Two. Okay. And I know it sounds pedantic that I keep asking you guys what you rolled, because I can see it as well as you can, but our audience can't, so. Yeah. All right, so Lyris moves forward. She bites into Gibbs, changing into a partially fox person, although you already had the fox ears, so it's not like you were hiding it. And Eklund, you are now up. Can I see the people walking toward us yet? I don't know. If you can see them, then you can see them. Uh, I don't, I don't know that. if you have the right angle or not. I know you because of your dark vision, they should be illuminated, but they might be blocked by the mausoleum that you're standing near. Oh, I see them now. But they're, yeah, they're, they were out of my sight by a bit, but, okay. so they, but they're far enough away that in the, in the throes of battle, I wouldn't notice. That's fine. So can I, uh, load- I don't want to kill this guy, because Talia would hate me. Uh-huh. I do want to, um... Can I put a rock in my sling and try to knock him out with it? You can. However, trying to use a ranged weapon while you're in melee combat will provoke an attack of opportunity from everyone who is adjacent to you. I just mean put a rock in my sling. I don't I don't want to throw a rock. I just want to hit him with a sling with a rock in it. Well, you could just hit him with the quarterstaff then. Or any of your weapons, even your claws, you can say that you're trying to do non-lethal damage. You just will have a minus four tier to hit roll. Oh, that would give me a bonus of plus one. So yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, I think the quarterstaff actually deals more damage. Hang on, i got to pull this out of it. Yeah, it does. So I'm going to go with the quarterstaff. Okay. And then you're trying to do non-lethal? Yeah, non-lethal, but a 20 with maximum damage at 9. Alright, so uh, that becomes a modified 16, which is still more than enough to hit him, and you will swing, crack him upside the head with the quarterstaff for 9 points of non-lethal damage. Please just go to sleep. Again? This guy seems like he's seen some fights, so he's still standing. But that definitely rung his bell pretty hard. Ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> and uh, you would have had to draw the quarterstaff, so that's your move action. Uh, that takes us to Kendra. Who, what does Kendra want to do? Kendra's kind of pissed off. I'm kind of... Yeah, she melted a commoner. We can kind of assume that. Thankfully he's not dead. Kendra is going to move up behind Azatha, and she is going to reach a hand out and touch Azatha. And Azatha, do you try to uh, avoid this? Uh, I'll probably like flinch for a second because like someone just randomly came up and touched me, but I would let her do it. Okay. She reaches out and touches you, and as she does, 
you feel luckier. For the next turn, you get a plus one to any attack rolls, skill checks, or saving throws you make. Oh, she's a diviner. Nice. I mean, I guess that makes sense. If Lorimar was a necromancer, she would be a... He wasn't a necromancer. Over the whole thing. Did she deny that he was a necromancer? Uh, she did say that, yeah, she said her father was not a necromancer. Okay. Because I'm like, if wizardry runs in the family and she didn't deny it, then I have reason to be quite suspicious of her, but no. I mean, as far as you knew, the professor wasn't a wizard, although he understood and studied magic. Yeah. But yeah, so he she walks up, uh, touches Azatha, and gives a moment of insight into the future to Azatha, so you'll get a plus one to any rolls you make for your next turn. Speaking of your next turn, that's right now. I will, again, stab the person in front of me, well, the new person in front of me, with my knife. <laughs> okay. I will point out that the other person near you doesn't currently have a weapon, because they just threw their torch at uh, Talia as she flew away. Hmm. Well, I feel more threatened by the person who currently has a weapon. No, that makes total sense. Yeah, so I'm going to do that. Okay. Does a 13 hit? A 13 does hit. That's um, four damage. Ow! He yelps in pain as he also starts bleeding like a pig and uh, definitely looks like that cut him pretty deep. Remember, that would actually have also been a 14 to hit because... Oh, yeah! Of, of course, yeah. Like a pig. Do pigs what? Pigs do bleed a lot. That's why there's a phrase bleeding like a stuck pig. Ah. Okay, so we are on to my tufts. And uh, the first one is stable but unconscious and partially melted. <laughs> Poor guy. The second one now sees a clear path out of here. So he is gonna take it. So he's going to he's gonna double move right the heck away. This guy, however, uh, thinks that with Gibbs backing him up, he can take this crazy rock man. Oh, you're stupid. <laughs> and he's gonna swing his his farming implement at you. I think we decided that he had a shovel. I don't know. And uh, he was very wrong because he got a four. I expected that. <laughs> uh, the other guy is gonna five foot step here, and he says, come on, Benjamin, we can take him together. And he's also going to swing, and he will get a plus two to this roll because he is flanking. And that didn't matter because that's a five with the plus two. This person doesn't have a weapon, but is going to five foot step here, grab the coffin. What? Oh, no. This guy's going to get it. He starts dragging the coffin. He can only move it five feet because he's one dude and the limits of his... Wait, but he's trying to drag the coffin away. Oh boy. And this guy's going to full retreat because he's bleeding and doesn't want to die. No. Uh, Talia. It's that dude. That, the dude in the black robes. Yes. Looks like a priest. Give me a perception check. I mean, I know what priests are like. Yeah. Oh, or a nine. Or a twelve. Total of twelve. Um, you know, that's good enough, and you have, uh, you have low light vision, right? Probably have light cast. You have enough visibility on him. What do you get with taking 10 on a religion check? 
Speaking ten on religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, sixteen. You can see that he is wearing a looks like silver. Uh, holy symbol of Phrasma around his neck, and he is definitely wearing cleric's vestments, so cleric's robes. Uh, he doesn't look like he's wearing any armor or weapons, but yeah, he looks like he's probably a priest. And this jerk is trying to steal the professor? Uh-huh. Oh, you fool. The professor you would refer to them by is like calling him like father, right? Well, you heard Kendra say that Father Grimsborough was waiting for you at the gravesite. We'll come back to that part, actually. This group of people have gotten our way from trying to bring the professor to the gravesite, and are trying to steal his body. Okay, so you say that. I will turn my attention to the idiot trying to steal our professor. Uh-huh. Action. You're going down. And can I, I do now have a base attack bonus, I think. You do? So I will pull out my net. Uh-huh. I'm gonna try to trip him. You're gonna try and... Okay, so to trip him, you have to have him already entangled in the net. I'm gonna try to hit him with a net so he can't... Okay. Make an attack roll. That is a 19. Okay, so the guy who you threw a tor- who threw his torch at you, you fly back over him and throw a net on him. And he is entangled in the net. I recommend you just stay down. You guys are losing to a fairy, a rock, a snake, and a fox. <laughs> she doesn't look like a snake at the moment. Layla looks furious. Basically, the stay down or I will give them permission to harm you. Okay. In the mood. <laughs> Not. So, that takes us to Gibbs. Who... I'm just gonna mention that I just cracked him in the head with a quarter staff. You did. And so he is going to, again, take a swing at you. Crap. Come on. Because he didn't appreciate that at all. Actually, you know what? He is going to reach under his robes and pulls out a long, sharp blade. Oh! What? No. It looks almost like a razor, like uh, a straight razor, like someone would use for shaving. It's a war razor. But it is, uh, exactly, it is It is nine inches in length and made of a reinforced steel. Wow. And he slashes out at you with it. Yeah, don't get hit by that. Haha, <laughs> ha, I'm in danger. <laughs> really? Uh, not that much, because he will miss. Uh, that was a 13 on his attack roll. That will miss. I'll miss by three. <laughs> All right, so these guys... I just... Spear another rock at his feet and call him pathetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Run. And they are saying, "We're sorry, Father. We, we we were we were led astray. We we, we didn't know what we were doing." Good job. Good job. <laughs> They'll still get their money. They'll get their money. And the father starts continuing towards them and says, "Go back to your homes. We'll talk about all of this on Sunday." Which is tomorrow, but you do notice that the father is not moving very fast. Mm. You can see that he is an old man. Like, he still has a strong sense of presence, and he still moves with the d- determination, but he is clearly physically frail. Oh, no. Uh, We're still fighting? These idiots don't want to stand down. Well, yeah. 
but I guess I'll just bite him again. Okay. If you would like to five-foot step, you could flank him. Ooh. Okay. I'll do that then. Like this? Alright, that will add... Yep, so that will add two to your attack roll, and if you would like, you could then use uh, sneak attack damage on him. Ooh. Well, first I should probably just roll the bite. Yes. Which I will Wait, can she sneak attack with her bite? Yes, she can. Oh, wow. Ten. A ten would not hit. However, you do get the plus two because you are flanking, and a twelve will hit. Ooh. So you will bite him for three. And then can I sneak attack? If you wish, yes. You can roll your sneak attack. I'll do that then. That is an additional five points of damage. And do you wish to make him start bleeding? Yes. All right. So Lyris bites into him and she bites into something deep and there is now blood spurting out of the bite wound. God, you're giving me so much work, guys. (laughs) Eklund actually does look quite horrified at that. He sees that that guy is bleeding and injured, so I'm gonna have him go for. Can he make an attack against two different people with his claws if he, uh, if they're right next to him? He can. You can. You can make a. You can split your natural attacks. He's gonna. He's just gonna just like pull his hands behind. I can't physically do it right now because I did a bunch of lifting last night. But he pulls his hands behind him and just tries to like hit them both at once. Fifteen and sixteen for six and seven. That is enough to hit both of them and knock them to the ground, bleeding from wounds. On, you know, both of them are, are, are basically just cut open and and bleeding. They are unconscious and possibly dying. If it's still his turn, can I have him make a heal check just to try to stabilize one of them? No, because you had to do a full round action to attack both of them. Yeah. Uh, on your next turn, if you wanted to stabilize them, you could. Yeah. Because he, he actually looks a bit sad at that. He doesn't want to just be the commoner killer. <laughs> that takes us to Kendra, who looks with fury at this guy, who is dragging away her father's coffin. He's entangled. He is entangled. And she just says, put my father down. but... <laughs> In any other place, that sentence would be ridiculous. And she's also going to cast Acid Splash. Uh, So yes, she will cast Acid Splash on him. Uh, That'll hit him. uh, Especially since he's entangled. Are are we down a net now? No. Um, And he's not even dead, but he's hurting. Uh, Azatha, what do you want to do? All right not be able to move over to the head leader guy and attack him in my turn, right? Um, I don't know. Let me see. One. I don't think you can quite close with him in one turn. Yeah. Oh. Well, magic missile exists. I like that. But Magic missile does exist. Yes. But I don't could... want to... Well, maybe I could knock him out. Um, is it possible to cast spells non-lethally? You can make a non-lethal weapon attack, but uh, a, a flying spear of force is, is, is pretty much a flying spear of force. Okay. Um, but no, he looks tough. He can probably take it. 
Alright. Um. Well, actually, do I want to do that? Or Ray of Frost? Hmm. Um. Magic Missile. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll cast Magic Missile. Another five. <laughs> oh my god. You have the best luck with that spell. Alright, so. In a move that all of you have become quite accustomed to, Azatha <laughs> points her finger, says some words in an arcane language, a glowing yellow arrow appears and flies unerringly at her target, striking him for another five points of damage. And at that point, he falls over unconscious. Stand down. When Gibbs falls down, the rest of them all kind of, or the ones who aren't unconscious already, all kind of look unnerved and kind of raise their hands and say, we're terribly sorry. The father makes his way over to you all. I will go over to Gibbs and stabilize him. I was going to say, the father comes over here and he is going to raise his holy symbol of of Phrasma into the air. And as he does so, uh, a wave of healing washes over everyone. For 18 points of damage, which is enough to stabilize and bring back to conscious everyone. What level is he? You don't know. Pretty high, you guess, based on the power of that healing. Yeah. Like, uh, wow, that's impressive. Um, So yes, he comes over and wishes the, you know, raises the holy symbol of uh, Phrasma. Everyone is healed, and everyone just looks horribly, horribly ashamed. And he just kind of casts a glare at all of them and says, Truly, I thought better of all of you. Thanks. We will be speaking of this tomorrow in church. Now. You, you lot, you're here to bury the professor. You follow me. I still owe the money. They will all disperse, and you will all move over to the gravesite to bury Professor Lorimore. And I think that that is a good place to go ahead and pick up next time. Okay. Aw. Until next time, keep an eye open for mimics, never feed a goblin, and something, something dragons. Something Something Dragons uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited for charging for you to use or access this content. Something Something Dragons is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Carrion Crown, The Haunting of Harrowstone was written by Michael Cortez.